Hello, my name is Hanson Oak, and I want to tell you a story, but not my story. Not this time. In this series between seasons of The Recalling, as I work to wrap up a book or two while traveling, I invite you to reach out to me and tell me where you live. In turn, I'll tell you what stands just beyond the shadows. All you have to do is ask. In this week's short episode, I wanted to respond to listener That Burnt Writer, who asked if I knew of any creatures or stories about Iceland, a place where she once lived. Iceland is one of the most beautiful places in the world, and the kindness of its people knows few rivals. Its history and geography make it unique not only from the perspective of perspective, but the stories that vast wilderness stands to tell. One story that has ceased to be told that I think might be important is why trees are so rare across the island nation when it was once home to some of the most robust primordial forests on the planet. Now, to hear some historians tell it, the Vikings are to blame for this. That these early explorers bought both settlement and deforestation, the kind of footprint on the throat of nature that we humans tend to have. And they're right. Well, half right. Over a thousand years ago, the Vikings were at their peak. They were well known as travelers and traders and seafarers. Their society was equitable and open with some of the most fantastic gods mankind has ever worshipped. Now, that's not to say that their fearsome reputation was not well earned, and that they were certainly marked with the sins of their shortcomings, but that is not what we're here to discuss. No, today I want to tell you of the giants. The term giants is littered throughout the Vikings' beliefs and epics. Historians, typically a job by Christian missionaries who studied the, quote, savages as they pushed to convert them to something more, quote, civilized, translated giants as many things. They were said to be demons, the spirits of the unknown, large or not so large, troublemaking creatures that were the mirror of humanity. They were always at odds with the inhabitants of Midgard, the plane of existence that humans inhabited, and the gods, though the gods would sometimes mate with them and produce demigods and monsters, and if you haven't studied the Viking epics, I must insist you begin. They are incredible works. But what were the giants really? Symbolic interpretations? Or perhaps they were just early humanoid settlers that shared the landscape with them? Well, what if I told you that, many times, they were actually giants as you might imagine? These huge creatures could easily hide in the mountains and gorges of the Norwegian wilderness. If you find that hard to believe, I ask you to go to experience the scope of the landscape for yourself. Its sometimes alien beauty is only outdone by its ability to make you feel small as a speck of sand tossed into the depths of space. It has always made me wonder not how could something as large as a giant have existed with the ability to go unnoticed, but how could something as small as a human ever thrive here? You might be asking, Mr. Oak, why are you rambling about Vikings in Norway when you were asked clearly about the trees in Iceland? Well, I'll tell you now, and thank you for keeping me on track. So, at the same time that the Vikings were organizing themselves as one group instead of divided tribes, they were also finding themselves increasingly at odds with the giants. It used to be that encounters were rare, the Vikings staying to the shoreline and the giants preferring the isolated glacial and mountainous interior, but mankind spreads like ink 
crawling through the fibers of cloth, and it wasn't long before conflict became common. What soon became clear was that the Vikings, who were ferocious, fearless warriors, were no match for the giants whose skin was so thick that no sword or arrow could penetrate enough to kill them, and men were fragile and easily broken and eaten. So, as men have evolved to do in situations where they cannot use force to solve their problems, they fell back on their unique brains that we've developed. While the written record of what happened next is like a broken mirror, when pieced together, a singular story begins to emerge. The Vikings began chopping and digging. The giants feed only on Scots pines, a tree native only to Norway. The Vikings began chopping them down or burning them at higher elevations to draw the giants down to the lowlands. And while this may seem like suicide to draw these vicious titans to the coasts where the Vikings' families lived, that is why most Vikings began to dig. They created a huge, deep trench shaped like a wedge, separating the pines they allowed to thrive from the ones that they eradicated. If the giants wanted to eat, they'd need to cross the gorge, which the Vikings knew they could not. They were far too heavy to jump any considerable distance, but their hunger made them try. One by one, the giants fell into the trap, becoming stuck and helpless. They were still beyond dispatching by the warriors, so instead they were bound with mooring lines. Their jagged teeth in their black mouths snapped as the men tried to tie them. Many unfortunate warriors misstepped and fell into their jaws, where they were chewed and ground to pink pulp and spit out among their own people. Once tightly restrained, the Vikings would drag the giants down to the shore and load them upon great ships, then sent to sea with a small crew to steer and guide the vessels across the ocean. One might ask why not just drown them? After all, if they're too large to jump, they're surely too large to swim. And this is a question I asked as well and had to do some digging in my library to find an answer. You see, it's said that giants hate water and avoid it when they can. They can't swim, but are nearly impossible to drown as well. They can hold a great breath and simply walk themselves out of the water after hitting bottom. Believing this, the Vikings would not think to just toss them into the sea, they would find their way back and be all the more vengeful for it. So instead, the giants were heralded across the ocean to an island far from their own shores, to a place where no men lived and the landscape raged, to what we now call Iceland. The giants were thrown onto the shores, bound and left, and over the years, all the larger giants were captured and deported, the smaller ones scattered or were cut down. The Vikings were free to flourish in Norway. Meanwhile, on Iceland, the giants ate their way through the giant forests, not finding their preferred Scots pine and so starving, until no tree was left standing. In time, they did starve to death, and turned into a substance like a stone. A century later, when the Vikings returned, they found that all the giants were gone, but so were most of the trees. The island was all but barren. Today, trees are being planted and the lands cultivated to support the forests that once were, but with an open landscape. If you look carefully at the outcroppings and mountains, if you squint just so and the sun is just right, you can see where the giants of the past laid down and took their last breath. Did you enjoy this tale? Who? Me? Who are you talking to? No, the listener. What are you talking to them for? The story's done, they've gone on, haven't they? 
Well, maybe not. Maybe they'll listen to us little grivels for a bit. Mr. Oak ain't the only one with a story to share. I have things to say. What things? Like, maybe if they enjoyed themselves, they should subscribe or follow or leave a review or... Don't be telling them what to do. I'm not. It's not polite ordering those poor folks to do things, especially since they ain't here for you. They came for Mr. Oak, didn't they? Well, how do you know they ain't come for us? Because they don't even know who we are. All I'm saying is it's good manners to subscribe or follow or leave a review, isn't it? Is this recording? Did you hit the button? I thought you hit the button. Oh dear, Mr. Oak won't be happy.